Hello, this is Liv Peterson from Starting Up Now. Thanks for joining us today on KMNP Shift. In this podcast, I have the opportunity to interview L. Brian Jenkins, author of No More Nonprofits Moving from Dependency to Sustainability. In this episode, we will discuss how problems present entrepreneurial opportunities and how leaders don't create excuses, they create solutions. Take a listen and hope you enjoy KMMP Shift. Welcome, Brian. In this episode, we'll discuss how problems present entrepreneurial opportunity. And you say at the beginning, I love it, it says how leaders don't create excuses, they create solutions. In the beginning of this chapter, you talk about your story with developing Starting Up Now. Can you walk us through that process from beginning to end? How did you get to Starting Up Now? Sure. I have been teaching um, entrepreneurship, you know, in the educational context for years. Um, and we are using tools primarily designed around experiential learning, very hands-on, practical. And the one tool that everybody loved that we built off of was called the business simulation game. It's fun, it's competitive, it's team-based, and we never had a quote-unquote book that we would operate from. We had lessons and work cards, and we just changed the dynamics of how instruction, it was experiential. The challenge became when our first recession took place. We had just had our best year in entrepreneurity, 2008, 2009, and the challenge became is that the economy was tanking. Mm. And... Most of our trainings were in person. They were live. I would go visit a city. There would be 10 to 15 people in a room. We would train them for three days. Well, in the recession, the first thing that got cut were training dollars. Yeah. So we had to figure out what are we going to do? Entrepreneurity is essentially um, an ETS, education and training services, even though we're a nonprofit. And The thing was, you know, how are we going to be able to generate revenue? And at that time, a lot of our revenue was generated from trainings. So we had to figure something else out. The challenge became our opportunity. I said, what do we do that's really, really well? And it was, we make things simple. And so starting up now, which we look at, you know, it's our book, our tool, one of our tools that we use for business planning, emerged out of that. And it emerged because I wanted to keep the similarity between our experiential And the similarity between starting up now was that it was simple. We wanted to keep things practical. We wanted to keep them hands-on. And so starting up now began to emerge as a tool that I literally believe changed our game, so to speak. It emerged as a tool because we kept the book. It's called Starting Up Now, 24 Chapters to Launch Your Own Business. And it emerged from when I was doing these lectures with students, you know, and students on the west and south sides of Chicago will let you know quickly if they're going to pay attention. So I was at a, um, you know, speaking at a school on their lecture. They had me come in and talk about entrepreneurship and the kids not wanting to listen to me. I held up this $20 bill and they were immediately interested. And I just kept saying, who wants this? Who wants this? And one of the kids comes up and takes the $20 bill out of my hand. And I said, that's what opportunity is like. When you see an opportunity in front of you, you have to figure out, are you going to sit there and just watch it or are you going to come up and take it? And that kind of moved us to creating Starting Up Now with short, bite-sized, fun, innovative lessons that were teaching core business principles in a way that was not being done. Every chapter in the book ended with an action step. Mm. So they would go through 
figure this out, you know, take a look at executive summaries, write an executive summary, even though it might change later on. But the practicality of it is when that chapter was complete or they came back to it, they actually had an executive summary. Then there's this thing that came around that at the time, you know, we didn't know what, what it was called back then, social media. So this is about the same time when Facebook and another platform that's not that heard of, you know, you don't hear about that much anymore, MySpace. <laughs> yeah. And we were like figuring out, you know, well, how is social media going to impact our ability to reach people? Mm. And so we began way back when to be able to put all of our content in the form of a business template online because that allowed us to be able so we couldn't go out and teach the people necessarily face to face we couldn't teach with the same lessons and the games and simulations but we had to use the ability of what what we can now call social media or cloud-based platforms and communities to develop groups that we might not ever see or meet in person and to keep the focus keep the content and leverage the expertise and put it into a format where people could have access. So the key thing I think was starting up now was being able to provide access to core lessons in simple ways by proven business leaders. And that emerged into uh, the startup now curriculum. And we're now on Skill Center. Our new app comes out shortly for Skill Center 4.0 because we're on our fourth iteration. Skill Center is where we have all the videos and the templates and all those things for people to de- to develop their business plans in multiple languages. And now, you know, you get college credit and all these other kind of things, but it literally emerged because of the challenge of not being able to teach face-to-face like we had done for years. I think that's amazing because when I think about Skill Center and like an online learning platform, you are way ahead of the game because I see people doing that now, like self-education sure. courses. Yeah. And you were one of the first people I know to be doing that back then because you saw that opportunity. Yeah. And now it's like the buzzwords, the wave. I always see right. digital entrepreneur, people yes. getting their courses online, yeah. Yeah. people building apps. And so it's amazing that you saw that, right? You grabbed that $20 bill and yeah. took that opportunity right away. Yeah, it was not easy. I mean, it's something that's constantly emerging, but uh, emerging, I should say, but it's being able to take an opportunity when you see it. So when it comes to creating opportunities out of problems, you actually came up with a slogan called PSA, Problem Solution Action. Sure. So can you explain how you came up with that and how you use it in your daily routine? Simple. It's, you know, it's, it's, we usually think of PSA as public service announcement. And I was preparing to speak to a group. And for some reason, that was just it was in my head. You know, and I'm like, man, what are we really doing here? We're entrepreneurs, anyone, there's a problem. And most entrepreneurial solutions are are designed to solve a problem. The, ch- the challenge is, is the action, the execution. So I look at, with the example of starting up now, the problem was that, not that we didn't know what we were doing, not that we had products or services, the problem was delivery. How do we deliver our entrepreneurial training in order to survive and generate revenue, the solution that emerged from that was the web-based solution. It was taking what we did well, putting it into the online format, keeping the book less than 99 pages. We found in our focus group that people said, if the book could fit into my briefcase or my tote bag when I'm on the subway or whatever, if it was small enough and you know for me to carry with me, I would read it. And then it had to be practical. I wrote it 
I oftentimes think of someone who doesn't have formal business training. A lot of the jargon, a lot of the terminology intimidates people because they don't know it. So I wrote it with that person in mind who might be shopping at Walmart. They may be shopping on Amazon and they're looking for a, I got an idea. What do I do with it? So we changed our delivery system. We did not change our principles. Mm -hmm. The problem was that the customers were not buying because they didn't have the funds because the funds were cut due to the recession. The solution we came up with was a different tool, different curriculum. And then the action was how we actually brought that to the client. You know, how do we, we change from doing it in person always to actually, you know, put into a format that they could purchase online, you know, through Amazon or, or another bookstore, because a previous to that, they could only purchase it directly from us. Mm-hmm. Then the other element was that it went into a cloud-based platform we digitize everything. We put videos where a person can download it on their phone now. And all of those things we didn't have before because the technology was not there. So we leveraged the opportunities that were in front of us. And then through Google and other sources, we were able to put it in multiple languages. And so we've done trainings all over, live trainings. We've done trainings where it's just been online now, but we made it really practical. So the solution became you know, the problem was, how do you train? You know, if we're an entrepreneurial organization. The solution was to change our curriculum, or our model. And the action was changing our delivery system, getting it to the, you know, getting it to the client so that she could have access to it, you know, for her business or his business, you know, whatever it may be. So when you think about problem, solution, action, I feel as an entrepreneur, you're always going to be going through that, right? Absolutely. You're always going to be running into yeah. problems yeah. and trying to find solutions Absolutely. and the action. Sure. So after um, going through the process of teaching and then figuring out this problem and then putting Skill Center online, mm-hmm. what are some of the other problems that you've run into in your entrepreneurial journey hmm. that you've had to come out with that solution action? Or how do you implement that, I guess, in your day-to-day life when you when you run into issues or problems like continually? How do you stop and get into that mindset? It it has to be part of your operational mindset or your, for me, I call it SOP, standard operating procedure. You start thinking like this. Mm. You know, if you're around others that are thinking like this, it really helps. Our most recent problem that turned into an opportunity was two years ago, we were asked to leave our building um, where we were renting from for almost 10 years, mm. um, just after buying the coffee shop and in the building. And this is um, in Chicago in the, in the South Loop. You know, like I said, we had been a, a renter there for 10 years, ultimately took up a lot more space as the organization grew and our needs grew, and then purchased a coffee shop that was uh, on site called Overflow uh, Coffee Bar. Um, The building wanted to expand their school. They had been telling me for years, to their credit, that they were going to expand and might need our space. Mm -hmm. And then in January of 2019, just after we wrote our last check for the purchase of the Mm -hmm. coffee shop, the building manager comes in representing the high school and he says, uh, well, we're going to expand um, and we're going to need you guys to move. Got to get up out of here. <laughs> yeah. And so I was thinking, oh, you know, okay, no problem. A year, two years. And he's like, no, April 30th. Now, mind you, he was telling me this middle of January. Wow. So so I immediately freaked out a little bit. I'm like, man, you know, we just paid out, you know, our last check to the previous owners of Overflow. 
Things are going good. It's the beginning of the year. And now not only are we being told that we have to, you know, relocate everything, we didn't have any money. You know, I you know, I went home the next day. I told my admin, um, her name is Randy Craig, and I said, Don't call me the next day. You know, I just told her, I said, I just need some some me time. Some space. Yeah. And so I went home. Actually, I was upset with God. I was like, you know, why did you let us get this far? And now it seemed like you pulled the rug from under us. So I was really upset. Just put it like that. Very emotional. And I came back the next day and Randy, to her credit, had already started looking up buildings. To make a very long, long story short, we ended up what we thought and perceived two years ago as a problem of being kicked out of where we were, not having a place to operate the coffee shop. And we ended up purchasing a building two blocks away with cash at 1449 South Michigan. And that has become the home of our office. Our coffee shop overflow is on the first floor. And then Moxie, we had kind of did a pseudo co-working space in the other building, but we have a real enterprise level co-working space now in Moxie. And the building is about 10,000 square feet in the heart of the South Loop. And so the immediate problem was that I didn't know how we were going to function, to be quite honest. I didn't know. We didn't know what to do. I needed to spend that one day alone for myself to really get myself back up on my feet and say, okay, we're going to get through this. We're going to solve this. And the other thing, too, that people never see is that you're when you're in charge of a team, you have to be careful about the emotion that, and your frustrations that you show in front of them. So I had that that at play, and I reached out to key investors. And this one guy was a great friend of mine for the last 25 years almost, showed me the email that I wrote to him when this all was happening within that two-day period. You know, I was I was ready to leave Entrenuity, to be honest. And that time, it really, you know, I had to go back to who I am and say, hey, I, we have overcome things before. You know, I'm an African-American man within the context of the United States. This is nothing we can't overcome. Mm. And so, I, you know, I prayed to the Lord to provide what I didn't know. You know, I didn't know a lot of the things that we were getting ready to go through. And now our location, you know, this new building, this new location has been phenomenally developed. You got a great team of people around us, and we're able to actually serve more people mm. by providing them the the things that I never had and what I wanted to start, you know, what Moxie was now, you know, emerging into what we call Moxie, uh, but the private offices, the conference rooms, the technology, the co-working space. And then on the first floor is a coffee shop, the uh, craft coffee shop that we own as a, you know, we own as a, as a nonprofit that's primarily black led and black operated. And it's become a, one of the places to be in Chicago and to top it all off. It was a former home of VJ Records, and VJ Records was the one of the first independent black labels that was launched in the 50s when primarily white music studios would not give uh, black artists and performers, they would not show their faces on their music They would because that's just the way it was back then. And it was intentionally designed, you know, VJ intentionally wanted to, to match and put black music out there and give black artists the opportunity. And so the cool thing about it is the owners of VJ and the Entrenuity mission 
of being entrepreneurial and solving mm. a problem, we like to think that we're carrying that legacy Connected. forward. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's a real one that's, you know, and we're still not fully recovered. We, we experienced some challenges with the first contractor, but my trust in the Lord, you know, has I have seen this happen. And sometimes you just got to be obedient. You just got to show up. And everybody knows, I like to say this term, do your job. You know, do your job. Don't worry about anybody else's job. Do what you're supposed to do and um, and trust. That's an amazing story. And I think when you said having PSA as your standard operating procedure in your daily life, because at that point when you felt like the rug was being pulled out from underneath you, you could have just been like, okay, I'm done. This is too hard. I'm going to give up. Absolutely. And it took the people around you, your yes. network, like you said, yep. you stepping back and, you know, having that moment or whatever for a day, two days, and Absolutely. then being like, okay, well, what can we do and how yeah. can we move forward? Mm-hmm. And remembering the past, remembering Absolutely. what you went through, and then seeing, hey, I have people surrounding me that can support me. This sure. is what I can do with what I have now. Right. And then looking to where you're at now, yeah. probably when you found out in January, that January, yeah. you probably didn't even know what could have been Had accomplished no now. Right. But if you would have given up, yeah. none of that would have happened. Yeah. You know, we in our annual report. In the inside cover, we we just use a term that, you know, I grew up hearing, grit don't quit. Mm. You know, you just don't quit. And it's something that I've learned um, over the years is that you show up every day, you do what you're supposed to do, you be obedient to what you've been called to, and you just do your job. And sometimes, you know, you don't always see what the end result is going to be. You just have to be faithful to show up, do what you're told to do. I knew what to do. My idea was you got to lead. You have to lead. You know, it doesn't mean that you can't show, show your frustration, but you still have to show up every day and lead. And that's what we did. And certainly the problem, solution, and the action now, you know, almost two and a half years later, I can look back and see that now, but it was not that clear, you know. And even when we launched the building, this year in January, there were still things that we didn't know about. And so in any entrepreneurial journey, there's going to be the known and the unknown. You have to trust your fundamentals. For me, I'm a person of faith. I know what the Lord has called me to. And, you know, maybe that's, you know, somebody else, whatever their religious orientation may be. I just know what I've been called to do. And I know what my responsibilities are. And I have to show up every day and do that. Thanks again for joining us today on KMNP Shift, where we discuss the unseen and unspoken barriers you must overcome to do your job. We are always happy to hear from you, so please reach out to us at www.entrenuity.com. Interested in booking a workshop on this content? Email us at info at Follow us on all social media channels at Entrenuity. And don't forget to grab a copy of your book, No More Nonprofits Moving from Dependency to Sustainability, available on Amazon. Until next time, this is your host, Liv Peterson with KMNP Shift.